Welcome to episode three of the Money Date Podcast. Today, we get to speak with Andy Smiles, a small business financial consultant and coach. She teaches totally rad business owners to take control of their finances so that they can step into their personal power. In this episode, we uncover the pressures of feeling like you must have it all together with your money to granting you permission to own your relationship with money from the inside out. Andy's core belief is that when business owners are engaged in their finances, their personal awareness around money deepens, creating a more sustainable and authentic business. Andy is a certified professional coach, a dog mom, and loves nerding out about the numbers. We first met a few years back when I interviewed her on my Wealthy Women Summit all about money and mindset. Connecting with Andy has been like connecting back home because I had not met many finance professionals that understood the importance of marrying the technical and the emotional sides of money, but Andy does. She loves helping business owners connect with and feel good about their finances, no matter how many dollars are in their bank account, and she has helped hundreds of self-employed people organize and understand their business finances while also uncovering their emotional relationship with money. I am so excited for you to meet Andy. Let's get this party started. Welcome to the Money Date Podcast. I am your host, Brandy Middleton, accountant, money coach, and wellness influencer. This podcast is all about increasing your bottom line, creating multiple streams of income, and learning to manage your mind and your health so that your bank account becomes a reflection of your true value. Let's dive in. I know money is a big topic around here, and I use Thrivecart as my go-to shopping cart for all of my revenue-generating needs. Thrivecart is more than just a shopping cart. It is a seamless payment processing system for the sales in your business, from one-time payments to subscriptions. You can even remind your customers when their card is about to expire or if they missed a payment. Thrivecart allows you to increase your income with high converting carts and simple but effective bump and upsell offers. Thrivecart supports you in collaborating with your business besties by totally handling all the affiliate collections and payments without you needing to get involved. You can use Thrivecart to process payments from your website using a link or inside of your automated evergreen funnel. Can you say hello passive income? Thrivecart is the only shopping cart that I use for all of my income and sales needs. Just go to www.brandymiddleton.com forward slash Thrivecart. And if you get started today for a limited time, you can get lifetime access to Thrivecart for a one-time payment. That is as of this podcast episode so do not delay this is a one-time payment and you will have this cart forever just go to www.brandymiddleton.com forward slash thrive cart so andy i am super pumped to be able to chat with you today thanks for for coming on the podcast today yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on this pod. Sweet, right? So everyone, 
I know I kind of introduced Andy, but I just wanted to share with you guys that um, it's been so great to be able to connect with her. Like we first actually met um, a couple, it seems like a couple years ago now, right? Um, in my yeah. first, the first summit that I did, which was the Wealthy Woman Summit. Um, and you came on as a finance professional and shared some really, really great stuff. So I'm really excited for you to be on and back today. Um, some of the stuff that I really love about who you are and what you shared, Andy, is just that you are, you know, a finance professional, but you make it like the finance stuff, like fun, right? Fun and easy. And you kind of share your story in a way that allows for us to be okay with our finances. Um, and I know personally, cause I've, I can connect to so much of what you, you shared as a finance professional. And so I'm so excited to, to share you with all the peeps. Um, and one of the things that I do really love is that, you know, you want your clients to really feel empowered in their business and in their finances. So I know that you're going to speak a, a bit about this today. And so I'm just super excited for everyone to hear from you and for you to share your juicy goodness with everybody. Yay. I'm excited too. Right. So let's jump in. Um, my first question for you, Andy, is can you just tell us a little bit about you? Like what was your journey like to becoming a professional bookkeeper and money coach? My journey was super accidental. So <laughs> I um, didn't really set out to become a bookkeeper or a financial professional. Right. Um, I had a job where my boss was too cheap to hire a bookkeeper and just told me to teach myself QuickBooks. Wow. Uh, and that's how I learned QuickBooks. And then once I left that job, I got another job specifically because I knew how to use QuickBooks. And from there, uh, I worked with that. That person was a small business owner, um, okay. self-employed woman. And so every year when she'd file her taxes, I would be on the phone with the tax preparer because I was doing all the bookkeeping work. And the tax preparer, I guess, liked me and liked the way I was doing the bookkeeping and started referring people to me. So okay. uh, from there, I began to get more clients and then work with all sorts of different other accountants and tax preparers who would then refer me to more people. And my business grew organically, uh, completely word of mouth. I didn't have a website up until I think two and a half, three years ago, probably right around the time that we met was when I launched my website and my blog. Up until then, it was just people would just email me. Right. So I did get to the point, though, that, you know, bookkeeping is a service. It takes time to do and you only have so many hours in the day. So I got to a point where I was, uh, my practice was full and booked out. So that's when I started thinking about, okay, what else can I do that's in this profession, in this industry that isn't so reliant on my direct time? Uh, and that's really when I got into financial education because as a bookkeeper, I realized I was teaching my clients all of this financial knowledge uh, through reviewing their books, going over their numbers, talking about their systems, and that I was teaching them without even realizing it. So in late 2016, I launched my blog, um, and then that led into me creating online courses and digital products. And right around that time, I also went to coaching school. And that was a really interesting experience for me because when I went to coaching school, I thought I was actually going to transition out of the financial industry and go more into like social justice coaching. But then as I learned these coaching skills and, and tools, I was in coaching school for nine months, 
I realized that so much of that could be applied to the way that we emotionally relate to money and our relationship with money. Definitely. So I decided not to leave my industry and sort of build off of the, you know, at that point I was eight years into the industry. So I had all this experience that I, you know, wanted to build off of and really beginning to look at money, not just from the like really technical aspect that I was doing as a bookkeeper, but more from the emotional aspects. Right. I love that. I love so much of what you shared because I can, I can relate to it. Like I totally got into accounting and finance on accident as well. Um, I don't even know if you know my story, but maybe that's for another time. But um, so it's, it's interesting that you said that, but then also that it's an emotional piece as well. Right. Um, and that is so huge because it's something that I know that I even talk about with my clients as well, because I always say that 80% of it is mindset, right. Or what it is that you're actually thinking. And we make a lot of decisions emotionally when it comes to money and we put a lot of energy on it. Right. And I would say it's like little green pieces of paper, but we put so much energy on it or whatever color they are, you know, in the country that you're from. But, um, yeah, it's like, we put so much energy on it and um, so one of the things that I say is that 80% of it is mindset and like 20% of it is like actually the tools. Like the stuff isn't actually that hard. Like even like you shared in your story, it's like some, like someone was like asking you to do this thing, which was your, your boss, right? Do QuickBooks. And then you learned it. And then you were like, other people were asking you, which is so great that you built your business organically. Like that's so powerful. Love it. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's learnable, right? It's just a matter yeah. of what we think about it and whether we think that it's easy or we think that it's hard or all that stuff. Um, I love that. So one of the things that I've always admired about you is that, you know, even as a financial professional and having been a financial professional for over eight years plus, um, you share your story in a way that really allows for us to see your relationship with money and, um, you know, being that financial professional and also saying, you know, it always hasn't been perfect. Or there might be this moment where, you know, I need to work on this area when it comes to money, right? Or even my, my own mindset, maybe on money. And I love that you actually share that, right? Because it really gives others permission um, to really show up to the table and really have a conversation about their money. Um, and I know it's actually helped me personally, seeing that, you know, and being able to say like, wow, because I know I really struggled myself with that, right? I struggled saying, okay, I can't do, um, or I can't teach about money, even though my entire background in education is in money, right? Like I've been doing it over 12 years, um, whether as an auditor or financial advisor or accountant yet, because I hadn't made a billion dollars in my own business, <laughs> I shouldn't be teaching about money, right? So um, I love that. I love that you actually get permission for that. So um, can you tell us how you like mustered up the courage to really move through um, what you, whatever you may call it, whether it's money, shame, pressure, um, to act um, like you had it all together? Yeah. Oh, so much to dig in there, dig into there. I mean, the first, first of all, I think that it's a really big problem that we have in our society that we don't talk explicitly about money and we right. don't really talk about our experiences with money. So there is a lot of pressure, whether or not you're in the financial industry, even if you're just like a small business owner, entrepreneur, if you're teaching anything business related, there's a lot of pressure to have it all together. 
And I think what happens is people close down around money and it creates this terrible cycle where people who don't know about money, they have knowledge gaps around money, begin to feel shameful about what they don't know because all these people they look up to and who they're learning from aren't really being honest about their experiences with money. Um, so for me, there is definitely a piece about breaking that cycle and sort of modeling. If I'm going to complain about it, then I need to not do the thing I'm complaining about and modeling that behavior about you know, let's talk about our relationships with money. And just because your relationship money with money is a little bit messy, um, or there's a lot of wounding happening, that that's okay. That doesn't mean that you're going to be there forever, right? Like we all start on our journey one place and where we end is very, very different. But the other side of it is that personally, I went through a lot of my own kind of uh, emotional transformation with money. And when I went through like the processes that I now teach to people and share with people because they worked for me, it, it changed my, my life and my business so profoundly. Um, and I can't even express that enough, how differently I felt about money even three or four years ago than I do now. And that was an emotional process, right? That was not about like skills that I had or didn't have. It was really an emotional journey that I went through. And so for me, it's really important to share my process with people so they can see how powerful it is, but also so that they feel, like you said, invited to do the exploration on their own as well. And maybe they don't need to do it as like publicly as I do, because, you know, I share this thing with many thousands of people, like my money story. Uh, they don't necessarily have to do it as publicly, but I hope that it encourages people to look inside or even to resonate with some of what I say, right? Like talking about, I call myself a recovering financial hot mess (laughs) (laughs) and talking about how messy it is, but I cannot tell you how many times people get into a consultation with me and they're like, well, I know I can trust you to tell you the truth because I read about where you were at. And it's like, they need this. It's, it's like, it's not even about telling their consultant the truth. It's about telling themselves the truth right. about their money, right? Because that's like how we begin the healing. So for me, I don't know if it was courage as so much as it felt like imperative. If mm-hmm. I was going to do this work around the emotional side of money that I had to really model it and share how it impacted my life. Yeah, that's so powerful. And I, you know, I just want to say thank you for doing that. And I super applaud you because I think that, um, you know, maybe that, that person that's, you know, watching this or listening to this, I should say, um, or has come to you in the, in the past, like they know that they can actually reach out to someone that has gone through or maybe understands a bit more of what they're going through. And it's a real thing. Um, and, I know that, you know, it's, it's feedback that I, I get as well, which is really great that to be able to open up to someone who's a finance pro- professional, because I know that that's also a big thing that people are scared of, of, you know, people in the finance professional world saying that, you know, you're not doing this right or not doing that right and not really, you know, paying attention to them or the person behind it all. So, um, yeah, I love that. It's powerful. Thanks. Um, so as we've been talking about, money is an emotional process, and I've seen it firsthand with my clients, and ultimately, um, mainly when I was a financial advisor, there were so many decisions that people made 
because of their emotions, right? Like it wasn't the most logical thing for them to do, but um, based on just kind of what they wanted or um, what was kind of coming up for them or what they were scared about. Um, so what have you seen as the biggest struggle that we go through as business owners with our, our money and how can we start moving past it? Let's say that most of the business owners I work with are feeling very disempowered about their money. Um, and they're feeling very disempowered about their capacity to manage their money. And so what I see is that is the struggle, but where that's coming from is also a struggle. Because what I have seen over now 10 years in this industry, that there are two reasons people kind of like stay in this disempowered space. And one is using, we use our past experiences with money as proof that mm. we're bad with money. Right. Right. So it's kind of funny because we like always attach ourselves to our negative experiences of money. And then we like completely bypass any of the good experiences or the good decisions we've made with money. So we're very like hyper-focused on like the negative, like, oh, once I maxed out a credit card and couldn't pay it off for a year. So that must mean that I'm terrible at credit cards instead of acknowledging, but that other credit card you paid off every month, right? Right. We're so hyper-focused on the negative and the experiences that we're shameful of and that we're less than proud of. But then also what goes hand in hand in that is that we also use our knowledge gaps as proof that we're bad with money or that right. we shouldn't be managing our money or that as entrepreneurs, we're not fit to manage our own money. So we kind of hand it off, right? So it's the same thing. We focus on what we don't know about money instead of celebrating all the things we do know. Because believe right. it or not, every single person listening to this podcast knows something about money you know something you you, right. you know even if it's that when you use your debit card money it's debited out of your checking account you right. know something about right. money and you know more about money than you, you think you do because you're so focused on what you don't know so the problem here is that we never give the part of ourselves that's good with money an opportunity to shine, right? We never give ourselves the space to actually be good with money and, and root into what it feels like to be empowered about our money. So then that impacts our self-confidence about money, right? So that's where we always starting into these patterns that we, you know, I'm sure you've seen where we're second guessing our decisions with money. We're not able to make decisions or we make impulsive decisions because we don't know what to do. We just want the process of making a decision to be over with. Right. We resist and avoid our money. We don't do our bookkeeping. We panic about money. But if we gave ourselves more space to really be like, hey, I actually make good decisions about money. And I can make this decision about money in a way that feels really good with me. Instead of being like, I suck at money. I'm bad at it. I don't know what to do. I should just do whatever the internet tells me or whatever. I could just get, get it done, the fastest thing to do. Right. Then we would feel better about our money and it would start to build, right? And we would be like cycling through that until we really are more kind of have more agency over our finances. Yeah. I love how you shared, you know, that everybody really knows something about money. And um, it's not really something that I've looked at, but it's super powerful and it's true, right? That um, we, we do know something about money and we do have positive experiences about money and we can choose to focus on those things and create positive results from that space. And so, um, yeah, that's really, really powerful. So how do you start to overcome the shame and the emotional, emotional turmoil with money? Well, I think, 
the first step to any healing process, because to me, this is all a healing process. Right. Um, the first step is really acknowledgement. I mean, you really need to acknowledge um, where this turmoil and the shame is coming up in your life and business. I always say business because I do specifically work with small business owners. Right. But for folks who are listening to this for more of like a personal finance point of view, it's also acknowledging, you know, where does my money shame show up in my, my life and business, right? And how is, what's the impact of that? How does that impact the way that, you know, my quality of life or the quality of my business. And then I think it's important to trace the roots of our money shame. That's what I call it. I have a blog post called Tracing the Roots of Your Money Shame that really goes through it in a more processed oriented way. Right. But basically, it's about understanding that the money shame or emotional money wounds that you're carrying, that they're not something that's just implicit about you they came from somewhere and this was mm-hmm. a huge part of my own personal money healing journey is yeah. that my biggest issue with money was that I thought I was meant to be poor and I mm-hmm. really felt like it was like a universal mandate that mm-hmm. I was meant to be poor so I felt completely like I had no agency over it like it was just something I was like this is just what's going to be in my life for the rest of my life And then when I started doing money healing work and looking at where did this come from? Like really, if I'm taking, if I'm, if I'm, if it's not a universal mandate, where did it come from? And realizing where it came from, from early childhood experiences that I had with a family member around money and value and being worthy of financial support and value. I realized that it, it wasn't a universal mandate, that it was actually something that I learned And it was something that I could unlearn. So I went from feeling like I had zero power to feeling like I had all the power. And that was a huge, huge shift. So these sorts of, you know, things that we learn about money can come from so many different places. Like the roots can be in your direct experiences with money as an adult or child, witness experiences. So things that you see, you know, people around you doing generational money trauma. So what's happened in your family for many generations and then ancestral money drama, trauma, you know, yeah. epigenetics show us that we're, we do carry trauma and, and it's all trauma and money can be very traumatic for us. Right. right? right. And then just like the cultural and social messages that we're told about money and how each of our complex identities are being told different things about what our relationship with money should be like. And all of like looking at all of those things, you know, individually, and then how they connect can really help show you where some of these beliefs, woundings, shame, whatever you want to call it are coming from. And that it isn't just something that's true about you. Right. <laughs> like a universal truth about you. Right. Right. No, that's so powerful. And I love just how you shared that. Um, it was super deep and super um, specific because I think that those listening, um, you know, will really take a lot from that. Um, And I know that for me, you know, in my story as well, like there's, um, you know, the biggest argument in my household was about money. And so um, for me, I always talk about, you know, that, you know, beginning place, but there's so many aspects of money and how it intertwines with so much of our life. And one of the things I know that I, I say a lot is, is that, you know, Oftentimes I find that we don't really want money. We don't want green pieces of paper. We want experiences, right? And we, we 
attach money to these different experiences and these different things, right? And so money is intertwined with so much of our lives and what we do because um, when we're interacting with people and we want to exchange something, like that, that medium tends to be money these days. Um, and so we attribute value. We attribute so much to these green pieces of paper or colorful pieces of paper. <laughs> um, and we tie so much of our own worth, our own value, our own, you know, whatever is coming up for us with money. Um, and so, yeah, I think that how you hit that nail on the head, which is so powerful. Um, <laughs> I loved it. Uh, so how is our relationship with money an act of radical self-love? Well, I think that everyone carries money wounds and some are really apparent. So some are like, if you get cut on the arm and you're bleeding profusely, you know, right. you really can <laughs> see that you have a wound. Right. But some of our money wounds are less visible. It's like pulling mm -hmm. a muscle where it hurts. And sometimes it doesn't hurt unless you move a certain way, but then it really hurts. Right. Right. So we all have these wounds, but for the most part, we don't really tend to our wounds until they become fatal. And that's usually right. when people start to like deal with the money stuff is when the wounds are like bleeding out and you're on the sidewalk and you're like, got to call the ambulance now. Right? <laughs> and we are profession. We are right. using ambulance. Right. right. <laughs> but up until that point, we ignore them and we push them away. So they never really get a chance to heal. Right. But the thing is, is like developing your relationship with money, that is the healing mechanism. So the more that you're engaging with money and the more you're like acknowledging that these wounds exist and understanding why they exist, how you got them in the first place and what they need to be healed, that's all part of the healing process. And what's amazing, what I've noticed and what I've noticed with people I've worked with is that when you go through that process of really engaging and understanding these wounds, you develop like such deep compassion and empathy for that wounded part of yourself, that money wounded part, and you nurture it. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful level of care that we can have with ourselves. It's, it's self-care, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a version of self-care. But where it becomes radical is that we are never taught to take care of our money selves in this way. I mean, we're taught right. to save for retirement. We're taught to build an emergency fund. We're taught a lot of like practical ways right. to take care of ourselves financially, but we're never taught to take care of the, the emotional part of, of our, our financial selves, right? Because it is a part of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we take care of ourselves in this way and we build empathy and we stop blaming ourselves for, you know, anything that we've done in the past or where the wound came from, but really just focus on healing and nurturing it, that whole process of healing gives us more agency over our money. And it yeah. puts the power back into our hands around our money. And instead of those who are seeking to control us and our money, right? So it really gives us the power to manage our finances in alignment with our values because we're connected to our financial emotional selves, not just the like putting 10% of your income into a 401k. Right. Um, that's, I love that. Uh, the connecting it to the emotional self versus just, you know, like you said, putting it in the 401k because um, I don't think a lot of people realize just how much you know our money 
or or as you were you were sharing, like doing that self love with money is important to your overall relationship with money and the results you're going to create um, because of that, right? And so um, I just loved how you shared that, and it was just so eloquent. Like so much of what you shared, um, I think it's gonna be really powerful for people to hear in that way. Um, because it is such an emotional process and it is such a self-care, self-love process. And it's an internal process. Um, and a lot of times with money, we just think about the external process, right? And so I think that it's um, really important and really powerful that we're having this conversation and why I even wanted to like, you know, bring you on today because I know just how important it is for people to understand the emotional part and the um the internal like mindset and the beliefs and like all all of that stuff so andy is there anything else that you would like to share with any with everyone today i think the last thing i've been saying this a lot like this came to me a few months ago and i think it's a really important thing to keep in mind about money which is that money isn't hard but it's hard to deal with mm. at its root money is actually not that hard. Now, there are a lot of things that, a lot of external forces that make it hard. You know, we have codified language, we have, which is basically like fancy words to explain things that are not that fancy or complicated. Right. We have financial professionals withholding a lot of knowledge from people, talking down to people, you know, defaulting to certain genders or races in terms of like who gets to know about money. You know, there's right. a lot of ways in which money is made hard, but at its very, very essence, money isn't hard. But as this whole conversation has been around, it is hard to deal with. And that's the emotional side of it. And I think if we keep that in mind that at its essence, money isn't hard, and that we're just working through all the layers of stuff that make it hard, that's the stuff that makes it hard to deal with. Right. But eventually, we will get to that point where we, we are good with money right? Yeah. That, that we all have that part of ourselves that's good with money. And eventually we will get to that, that point with ourselves and our financial relationship. Oh my goodness. I just love that so much because I think it's, and I think it's a great place to kind of wrap up because it's one of the things that I always have um, in the back of my mind when I'm talking with clients um, or just thinking about it myself when like people are bringing up topics. And um, I know we talked about it you know, before we hopped on the podcast, but like, literally, like, you, like, just like you said, like, money isn't hard, like, it's, it's what we like, what we create around it, right. So I just love that you shared that. And I love that we're kind of ending on that piece that people um, can really hear that it's doable, like you can do this, right. Um, that's really what it's about. So I know, Andy, um, that you have something super special to share with everybody today. So I would love for you to, to share what that is and um, how people can get it. Yeah, so I have um, a download on my website that's called the Biz Finance Survival Kit. Now, I know we talked a lot today about the emotional side of money, but one of the things that we talked a bit about too is filling knowledge gaps. Because knowledge gaps are not, they just are almost like ambiguous limbo. Like it doesn't mean you're good or bad, you just don't know yet, right? right? So it's really important to tend to our emotional side of money, but it's also really important to fill our knowledge gaps, right? So that we can feel more empowered about our finances. So this is a fill your knowledge gap offering. Um, it's called it. the Biz Finance Survival Kit. And basically it's a 
kit of resources uh, for small business owners to really, who really are just like, I don't know where to start with my finances. Like, what do I even need? I put together this kit. And so it's all of my most popular, like free PDFs and downloads all in one. So it includes things like a tax deduction cheat sheet, a bookkeeping task list, um, a self-employed tax prep checklist, uh, a profit and loss template, a bookkeeping quick start spreadsheet, a pricing worksheet. So it includes a lot of different assets or facets of business finances all in one place. And so if you want to grab that, you can go to andysmiles.com slash survival kit. Awesomeness. And for those listening, it'll also be in the show notes um, on the website so that you'll be able to easily click right over and, and grab that from Andy. So I'm just like super pumped that we were able to connect and that you're able to, to chat with me and all of the lovelies that are on. Um, so can you share with us how, how else can people connect with you if they want to connect with you further? Yeah. So uh, if you want to learn about a lot of different things that have to do with business finance, you can go to my website. I have a very robust blog right. called Andy Smiles. Uh, so my website's andysmiles.com. Um, and then you can also connect with me in my Facebook group called Boss Babes Business Finance. Sweet. Thanks so much, Andy, for being on. And we will talk soon. Yeah. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a minute to take a screenshot and share with me your biggest takeaway from today's episode over on Instagram stories. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. When you share, rate, review, and subscribe, I am able to learn what resonates with you most and thus cater my content to you even more. And I get to get this out to more people that need it. So thank you. I appreciate and love you so, so very much.